And you are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. You're joined by myself, Lawson. Got Danuti in the studio. We have Shell as well, producer Shell and DJ Nikki. We're just getting it done. I'm like surrounded by estrogen, but we're living our oh, best hey, lives, truly. Hey, but, Is that but not true? It, it, Is that, true that's but, I'm not saying that like derogatorily. I'm just, yeah, I'm just telling I the truth. Know. And we're, we are so happy here. Hey, we love laughter. Yeah. And even when we're on air and when we're off air, we, we do lots of laughter. Yeah, it's absolutely. a great way to start the day. Yeah. Like I said, I've missed being off off Faith FM, so it's good to come back because we do that. But it's all healthy laughter; it's yeah. not mocking laughter. Is yeah, it? that's right. And that's even speaking thing. of laughter as well, my mum texted me. She like uh, after you saying Lawsy, she's like, Lawsy, like Lossie. love hearts and love heart eye emojis. You know, like it's uh that's that's like I, I grew up with three sisters, man. I, I I know what it's like hanging out with women. They women are great. Shout out women. Uh, let's get into our next quiz question. <laughs> Our next quiz question is, in Psalm 22, the writer said he was not a man, but what tiny creature? The hint is that it, you talked about it on air yesterday. Yeah, we did. I, do, I did hear you. I did listen to wow. that. Wow, faithful listener. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like to, like to be, like to be. So in Psalm 22, the writer said he was not a man, but what tiny creature? The hint is that it was talked about yesterday here on Faith FM. Text us in your answer on 0491 and you'll go in the draw for two great books, God for us and God with us, taken from the book of John and, of course, about Jesus becoming the incarnate, uh, incarnate Christ who, who became human being and as well divine yeah. and the beauty of the of how God is with us and for us. Hey, we want to shout out to a special hello to our listeners in Acton Park. Acton Park. Do you know where Acton Park Acton is? Acton Park is in Tasmania. But uh, that's, did you look I, on my thing? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I could I'm tell. not going to pretend like I could I share. You know, I've never been to Acton Park, or maybe I haven't been. I don't know. I the last Cheat. the last time I went to Tasmania, I would have been like seven years old. We went to like Cradle oh. Mountain and whatnot. Oh, I've been there, but I might have gone to Acton Park. What, is Acton Park near Cradle Mountain? Where is Acton no, Park? No, it's it's in oh, it's in Tasmania. <laughs> it's a residential local uh, area. Of the Clarence in Hobart, around Hobart. Okay, yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. Been, I've been to Hobart, so maybe I've been around uh, Acton Park, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's about 15 kilometres east of the town of Rosney Park. Mm. And um, in the two, 221 census, it had around 2,293 people living there. So a smallish place. Okay, yeah. Indigenous. Oh, okay, you know, my eyes went straight to Indigenous. Mm. There's about percentage um, of them is about 51.2, sorry, 10, 10 no, 10. Okay. 10. Are 10. Indigenous. I saw the 51.2%, but that was actually how many males and how many females. Okay. So but there's, there you go. there's 10 Indigenous people in, in the whole town. In the whole town. That is... A minority, but hey, shout out those people. They're, Absol- they're probably absolutely, best I love the fact that they're in all areas. You know, someday it'll be really good to have a listen um, and and talk about the countries. You know, the different countries are around Australia that are mm. the nations of of the Aboriginal folk. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've been really privileged. I lived in Kempsey for a good six months, oh, which in New yes. South Wales has the highest, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. concentration of yeah, Indigenous Fungari people. Area. And uh, yeah, you know, got to to spend time with with Indigenous people, mm. study the Bible with them, and yeah, I, I think I was like, obviously, I think one thing that I saw that was quite sad is just a lot of the hurt in that community. I, I went to a couple funerals in the six months that I was there, which was really unfortunate, but also despite 
the and I was talking to one of the indigenous people there, and the way that they were describing it, they were saying, you know, it was, it's kind of like with with the deaths that are taking place and and whatnot, with mm. because they they do have a for for most of them a lower life expectancy due to health complications and issues. Um, they they were saying, you know, it's like. It's like you have a wound and you put a Band-Aid on it and just as the wound's healing up, the Band-Aid gets ripped, ripped off again. And it was really sad to hear the despair in that local community there. But also, mm. as we were sharing the Word of God, just seeing how appreciative they were and the hope that it was the giving them as well. from God's Word. Yeah. It's big. So it was big and it kind of even reflects like... We were talking about trust with Jennifer oh, Skews. Wasn't that so good? Yeah, trust is is necessary. It's like without trust, how can one live? Because it, it, at the end of the day, we cannot be an island. Uh, we cannot live on our own. We cannot be by ourselves. Like God has created us for community, and that oh. is that is like not only a social reality but a biological reality, right? Like yeah. even uh, our our own bodies and the organs contained in them, um, and they're you know like testify to the fact of community. Mm. And I I think that when we can go into these communities, whether it's indigenous or whatever it may be, and we can display to them, hey, you've been hurt by people, oh, yeah. um, but you haven't been hurt by God. In fact, God has been hurt for you. Mm. Um, Jesus has hung on the cross for mm. your sake, mm. for your falling short, and for the falling short of your persecutors, yeah. those who have hurt you. And and look, God has done this for you. He's given everything for you. And, and yeah, it was just beautiful to see the amazing reactions to that. People just being convicted and wanting to follow after God you know, putting their hurt to the side and saying, not that it's not invalid, but they're like, hey, my hurt, God knows it. He sympathizes with my weaknesses. He wants to be with me. He wants to change my life. And that's really deep, isn't it? And that's the the case for all of us. And what Mm. I found being out west west, and and my husband, for those who may not know, um, is Aboriginal. Um, Mm. And so, you know, living... Shout out big Keith. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) We we love Uh, him. Keith. um, And the thing is that... That basically, yeah, the hurt that people experience when they come to Jesus, there's this real depth and beauty because of their deep spiritual nature, naturally spirit, deep spiritual nature. Mm. But because of the hurt and intergenerational trauma that has happened and things like that, there's this beautiful picture. When they get this beautiful picture of God, there's incredible healing that happens. And that happens for all of us when we come to Jesus in every mm. way too. And if I can come back to what you, you just touched on trust with what Jennifer Skews had, I, I love the fact that she was saying, you know, that, you know, we've got to um, look at um, actions and how people talk and treat us, but mm. that we've actually got to be gracious to people. And I think, you know, God has shown us grace and mercy, mm. and our place is then to actually show that back to other people yeah. and to be forgiving, you know, and ask them, you know, and, and, and talk with people rather than assuming where it's come from. And so many times, yeah, we can assume something so so differently and so wrong. And somebody might have actually just, you know, just been going through some really hurtful stuff stuff either in the home or in a relationship or just lost a loved one. And so the reaction that we get um, may may be something that we've experienced by somebody else previously, and so our mind goes back there. But in fact, what the what these folk, are, you know, what this person might be going through is something completely different. Mm. And so, you know, and so don't jump to conclusions. She said that was one of her concluding concluding things. But I, I love the fact too. She said, take responsibility when we hurt somebody, 
and we actually break their trust and apologize mm. rather than justifying ourselves. It's yeah. so easy, our natural way to go like, I justify myself as to why I did this or blame somebody else. We know blame initiated by, by Satan, right? Mm. I mean, Lucifer, who mm-hmm. became Satan. That's where blame came in. And then Adam and, and, and Eve blamed each other. And essentially mm. they were blaming God. So our part is not to try and justify, is to actually apologize if we've actually hurt somebody else. Yeah. Or if the Spirit is prompting us, and I know so many times somebody, you know, I feel like the Holy Spirit's just prompting me. I'm getting like this symbolically a tap on the shoulder going like, hey, apologize to that person. And I do, and then somebody's like, oh, true. Oh, I never thought of that. Oh, I didn't even realize you did anything like that. Oh, no, no, true. don't worry. <laughs> and I think, you know, that's great. That's, you know, I don't, I don't mind if they say that to me because that to me is affirming that, hey, it's still the Holy Spirit was actually tapping me and prompting me to, to mm. respond to that person and at least we know we're okay. Yeah, and furthermore, like it also reflects like, I think that's a reflection of a really good character from their point of view. Like they probably noticed it, right? They mm. probably noticed that that happened, mm. but they're being gracious and merciful Absolutely. enough to, to yeah, give you the benefit be of the ways. doubt, yeah. to be a blessing. And, and it, it, my mind goes to the verse. I'm, I think of the book of James, you know, it's... Uh, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow mm. to wrath. Uh, if we can, we can avoid most blow ups, right? Like, and, and coming to blues with people, blowing up. It's it's something that we've all seen. It's uh, you know, I grew up in a family like my my parents are divorced, they're not together, and there was definitely like growing up in a house where like I was really blessed for a lot of my life, but t- particularly towards the end of their marriage, mm. uh, seeing those, those blow ups become more and more frequent and more and more heavy. And, and I think more and more like, uh, vocally violent, I could say mm. like there, there wasn't, That's really sad. yeah, it's, it, 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 you know, where things are said that are more hurtful and more hurtful mm. and more hurtful. Um, and like, by the way, I just want to say my parents are great people and I mm. love them and they yeah, love and me, I've met but, them. Beautiful but, people. but it's, Hey, you know, it's, it's how it, how it pans out sometimes. Mm. And in, in doesn't my, always, doesn't always work. Yeah. In my, in my parents case. Um, and just seeing like, like that was, I think an example to me of like, People, people get pushed their limits and then are reactionary to every single thing that happens and, and it just builds up the tension, it builds mm. up the hurt. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491-064-669. And Jesus even speaks to this, which is yes. beautiful. He says, and I think where we see that most clearly is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh. So like the people come to arrest him, Peter chops the dude's ear off. Jesus heals the guy's ear, like, what are you doing, Peter? And he says, if I wanted, I could have 12 legions of angels come to my rescue. If Jesus was acting in a reactionary way, he could immediately just wipe out these people. Like, that is the power that Jesus has. Uh, But rather, he hangs on the cross and he says, forgive them, Father, for they they do not know what they do. Uh, Jesus was, rather, rather than being reactionary, to their violence and to their hurt with more hurt, um, he responds with grace, slowly love, and gracefully. Mercy. Yeah, that's right. And sees the heart, like the issue for what it really is. And, oh. and we can truly believe, like, although there would be many in the crowd who crucified Jesus who would, you know, go astray, and I think particularly of the religious leaders, a lot of them who just stayed strong in their, their convictions against Jesus and would persecute the Christians because of that. It would be Peter who's preaching to the same crowd. Mm preaching to the same multitude, saying, you hung Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm. And we see that those people, they it, the Bible says that they cut, cut to the heart in the book mm. of Acts. They cut to the heart in Acts chapter 2, and they say, you know, 
men and brethren, what must we do? And mm. the response from Peter is like, hey, repent. Repent, mm. be baptized, you know, become a follower of Jesus. You see simultaneously, uh, like you see, you see this reaction from then. Skip forward in the story, Acts 7, Acts 8, the preaching of Stephen. Mm. And we see more of that group of people who were participating in the mm. crucifixion of Jesus who rather reacted in great uh, anger yeah. and and would kill Stephen for it. And so I think if we can take a moment to realize how we've fallen short, um, oh. how how broken we are as people and use that to show grace towards people, we can be such a blessing. Like we have such potential to be a blessing towards people. And hey, we're going to get into Psalm 89 this morning, Bit of a turning a bit of a corner in our mm. conversation uh, because we have been looking at, speaking of Jesus, uh, how it is that Jesus himself is reflected in the Psalms. Mm. Um, and yesterday we were looking at the suffering Messiah, particularly Psalm 22, and we were looking mm. at just the beautiful words about Christ and, and even prophecies about him. It was mm. just really, really amazing. And now we come to Psalm 89. Mm. Psalm 89 is about covenant. Mm-hmm. Oh, covenant is... It's oh, the whole theme right from the start to the end of the Bible, isn't it? It is one of oh. the most pervasive themes throughout Scripture. It's something you can only really conceive of in, if, in its entirety if you read through the whole Bible. And in fact, I think amongst Christianity, confusion arises regarding covenant because of a lack of consideration for the, the history of covenant. Mm. And when we say covenant, Actually, no, Danuta, as a, uh, I'll, I will uh, respect your position as a studied and learned person oh, in the theological don't space. Don't put me up there. Yeah, yeah, We're no, all it's, equal it's in okay. the eyes of God. When we talk about covenant, <laughs> what are we talking about here? We're talking here about the promises um, that God yeah. has made and, and particularly a, a promise that God has made right early in mm. God's word, you know, mm. right early. And then that, that, that theme of covenant goes through, uh, through about seven covenants right through the Bible. It goes from one to the next to the next to the next. But that whole one thread yeah. of an everlasting covenant goes right through. That's mm. the thread that goes through. So, you know, if I, I guess in today's terms, you could almost call, call that a promise that is not being broken. Yeah. A promise that is not being broken, but yeah. it's an incredible promise, right? Absolutely. That we all want to be a part of. We all ought to all want to be a part of, I should say. Yeah. Now, covenants functioned in a legal sense. Absolutely, it's, they did. It, in, in, it, essentially, a covenant is a two-sided agreement. and It is it, a two-sided agreement, yep, this between was, both sides. That's right. It was a really common thing that would take place in the ancient Near East that yep. where there would be, let's see, so there would be the the beginning would be two people coming together in the covenant and agreeing on terms of the covenant. Like, okay, let's, let's uh, I, I want this to happen and you want this to happen. And so, like, we agree, we are promising to do this. And in most covenants in the ancient Near East, there would be uh, two, two levels of the covenant are yeah. an upper a lord and an underling and that's right um and so there would be a lord of the covenant he's usually the person receiving the most benefit and the underling would be receiving less ben- benefit so these two people they come into agreement in this covenant so they would have terms of the covenant and they'd have stipulations of the covenant of like okay if you do this you break the covenant if mm. you do this you break the covenant uh, and whatnot and then you would have blessings and curses that would come as well and it's like if you if you break the covenant this will happen or if if you break the covenant this will happen or you know if you keep it this will happen and then Finally, there would be an invocation 
of, you know, God, and then there would be a confirming of the covenant, which would usually take place in the ancient Near East over sacrifice. And, a- absolutely. And I love what you said there. Like, we see covenants happening in a smaller sense locally with, throughout the Bible, like a covenant to Abraham or a covenant. Today, we're going to be looking at a covenant to David, but that everlasting covenant, which it's like revolving around the salvation of humanity and confirmed by the death of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And if we can touch right back from when it starts so that people can actually get the whole point of where we are at today, even with that, the thing is that when you, if we go to Genesis 1, if I could just flick back to there really quickly, mm. it actually starts right then. It's actually called the Adamic, Adam, mm. Adamic covenant or yeah. others call it the Edenic covenant mm-hmm. but um, when it actually you look at Genesis 1 26 to 28 then it says then God said let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the, the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and the cattle over the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so God created man in his own image in the image of God he created them male and female he created them then God blessed them and he said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish and the earth the sea over the birds of the air and everything that lives and so what we see is there's three key things that are through this theme of covenant Mm. right through the bible Mm. the three things are um land yeah blessings Mm -hmm. and descendants yeah Okay, mm. and so when you actually see here about be fruitful and multiply, that's about the the, the descendants. Okay, um, and the blessings that God 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 bless them, and He said be fruitful and multiply, and He actually says you know look after this land, be you know everything that's on this land. We then see that happening particularly in Genesis. Uh, sorry, then it happens again with Noah after the flood. Okay, mm. in Genesis six. Where actually see in verse 18, but I will establish my covenant with you and you shall go into the ark, you and your sons. And so here we actually see a covenant and the covenant then is also where we see the rainbow, Mm. where God promises there will never be a flood again. And then the next one, we see it particularly in Genesis 12, 15 and 17. Yeah. And particularly verses 1 to 3 of 12, you know, it says where God says to Ahabram, I will bless you, I'll bless Mm. you, I'll bless you. The blessing comes through five times, particularly in those verses. And so then we come, then there's the Moses Mosaic Mosaic one. And now today we're coming to the Davidic one, as in to David's one. And that whole thread continues all the way through all of Mm. those covenants. Like you said, this agreement back and forth that is being made between God and humanity that is continued through as an everlasting covenant. Yeah, absolutely. Now, coming to David's covenant, you know, we come to Psalm 89, Mm. and we see the promises that are made by God. Now, this psalm is being written by Ethan uh, the Ezraite. And he is writing. I didn't know Ethan was a biblical name. Like for a long time, I was like, I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and now it's yeah. And it's actually quite a common name these days. That's I right. think I know about four or five Ethans. Oh yeah, they're, mate, they're mm. everywhere. Everywhere, especially, especially among <laughs> young. I, I know mate, a couple Ethans in Watson Hall. Like it's it's a popular name. Watson Hall is the for, men's for young, men's dorm that's here right, at Avondale. Uh, but hey, let's get into yep. our uh, let's get into this these verses here. Psalm eighty nine. Do you want to pick it up? In Verse 27 for us. Sure. Also, I will make him my firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. So this is talking about David. Mm-hmm. Um, my my mercy, I will keep for for him forever. Sorry, um, and it's also, of course, the Davidic line of the Messiah. I should say, yeah, yeah. My my firstborn, my mercy, I will keep for him forever, and my covenant shall stand firm 
um, with him. His seed also I will make to endure forever. So that's talking about Jesus being the, you know, the seed. And I will make to endure forever and his throne as the days of heaven. If his sons forsake my law and do not walk in my judgments, if they keep my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will push punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. Mm. Nevertheless, my loving kindness I will not utterly take from him nor allow my faithfulness to fail. Okay, there is something incredibly beautiful taking oh. place here. I want to ask some questions. This promise is being made to David. It is. Did David's sons fail the covenant? Oh, big time, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Like mm. David's sons were utter failures. Like, mm. like they they really. And, and David wasn't too crash hot either. At yeah. least, at least David repented. His sons, like, and 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 Solomon as well. You know, Solomon had his mm. def, like I think very prolonged periods of distance from God. But then you know, comes towards the end of his life, repents. But after Solomon, yeah, just real problems they fail this covenant mm. fails in his sons in his immediate children he fails but is made up by jesus you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different it is time for our final quiz question it is it's a true and false so you got 50 percent chance of getting it right mm. question is when moses strikes the rock in direct opposition to god's instructions the much desired water doesn't does not flow from it. Is that true or is it false? Mm, if you know okay. the answer to that one, 0491-064-669. And if you know the correct answer, you'll go into the draw to win. We've got two books, James W. Gilly, God With Us, God For Us, the book of John, your favorite, Danuta, of course. And Cheers. this is exploring how it is that God has journeyed with us as a human. But then also like... As God, as well. As God. As he, yeah. he came into flesh. And we've been talking about here, like, God's exploits and covenants and whatnot in our Bible study before his incarnation, before Jesus. But now, you know, in this book of John, exploring, and, and in these particular books, really unpacking what it was like for Jesus to be with us. Again, that number, 0491-064-669. And do you want to get that question for us? One yeah, more time, when Moses know? strikes the rock in direct opposition to God's instructions, the much desired water does not flow from it. Is it true or false? Text yeah. us in on 0491-064-669. And you'll go in the draw. That happens on Friday at quarter to nine yeah, for the just, two books. Just a simple T or an F, 0491-064-669. You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. We're getting back into the covenants here. Mm. We're getting back to the covenants here. Now, as we noted before the song, according to Psalm 89 and the covenant that's there, it's like, hey, David, I'll do all these things to you. Mm. You know, I'll make you a king, one of the greatest kings over all the earth. My mercy will keep you forever. My covenant shall stand firm. And in your his seed, it will endure forever. In David's seed, you know, it will endure forever. And his throne as the days of heaven, like, like David, like, I'll do all these amazing things for you. This is the promise that's being made here. Mm. And then he gives some stipulations. Mm. He says here, and some, some blessings and curses as well. He says, if your sons forsake my law and do not walk in my judgment, that's a stipulation. If they break my statutes and do not keep my commandments, stipulation, then I will punish their transgressions with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. That is a curse that will come upon them. So it's interesting to see as we consider like David's lineage and line. So you had David, 
And then after him, his next ruling son for a prolonged period was Solomon, and he was regarded mm. as a good, good king. Um, but following David and Solomon, you had a line of just s- strugglers, eh? Uh, Struggles. Yeah, absolutely. Some uh, in 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 my dad's word, you know, people who are people who don't live up to the hype. My dad loves sport, lots watches lots of sport. People who don't live up to the hype, he calls them pretenders. Like you know, he'll he'll watch a new player on the Newcastle Knights. It's his favorite team, and if some big player's been signed in a big contract and they don't do what they're supposed to do, he's like, oh, what a pretender. That's that's my dad. <laughs> that's my dad's thing. We had a bunch of pretender kings come after. David and Solomon who just mm. failed and not just failed because it was like, oh, you know, I tried really hard and I came up short. No, 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 no. Like they failed because they were simply unfaithful. Like they, they didn't let God work in their heart, work in their life. Oh, and time and time again, and that, that's, that's what we see through God's word. But, but the beautiful thing we do see is God's faithfulness, mm. you know, and through the covenants that, that God keeps it even if man has failed. Yeah. And, and the thing is that, um, you know, with Jesus Christ, the dying on the cross, we are able to come directly to mm. the Father because we fail too. Mm. You know, uh, Jennifer Skews was talking earlier today about trust and broken trust and uh, the need of forgiveness and that sometimes mm. she'll unpack for f- forgiveness. But we live in a broken world. We mm. live in a sinful world. We are broken. Mm. And so by coming to, to Christ, you know, we when we fail, we, we can be seen you know, presented to the Father as not having failed because of Jesus Christ, because of his righteousness. And I, and I love the fact, if I could just touch briefly, you know, we mentioned about some of the other covenants, you know, the earlier ones before David. But here just shows God's faithfulness. You know, chapter 15 in Genesis, where it actually says, um, where it actually says basically, in if you read chapter 15 for yourself more at home, but where God actually tells Abraham to cut the animals in half. Yeah. And then God actually literally walks through that, like yeah. you know, there's there's this fire, there's which symbolizes you know divine uh, divinity, yeah, His presence, uh, yeah. His His presence. And what God is saying there is, is he's actually, he's actually using an old ancient ritual, right? Yeah. And so Abraham knows the ritual, okay, yeah. and that means that if 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 you walk through, it means that if I actually break this covenant. I will be split in two. Like, let and this happen to me. Let this what happens happen to, to me. Animals? That's yeah. right. And yet God is doing that. And he's actually saying, if I don't keep this, my part of the covenant, like you said earlier, mm. it's an agreement from both sides. If I don't keep my part of the gov- covenant, then I will be split in two. And so God's saying, hey, I'm very real about this. Yeah. I, I I choose to be faithful. Yeah. And because of, you know, humanity's unfaithfulness, God is the one that is faithful. We keep, keep coming to him. And that's what David did. Yeah, well, this is the beautiful thing. In that case of Abraham and God doing that ritual of splitting the animals in mm. heart, the amazing thing is that God actually disallows Abraham from being able to walk through. He causes yes. Abraham to fall into oh, a sleep. Yes. And what he's communicating through that is like, I'm the one who's going to live up to this. Yeah. Because the reality is, when we come to David's covenant here, David, it's David and his kids. It's his kids who fail, yes. right? But somehow the covenant is still successful. How is that possible? Would the eventual seed of David eventual would seed. be Christ? That's right. Christ would live as a human perfectly, would live up to all the expectations of the covenant. And then, despite like being God himself, 
participating in the covenant. He, he he essentially does David's job for him yeah. because because David's line didn't live up yes. to it. He does he lives up to the stipulations for David's side of the covenant. He lives as a human perfectly. He keeps all the agreement and all the side of the covenant there. And then finally, he also receives the penalties of the covenant. Yes. He he receives the stripes. He receives the rods. And and the wrath of God. That's right. He dies on the cross. He lives, he dies, and obviously he resurrects as well because he's perfect. The grave can't hold him. He's never sinned. But he lives that ultimate separation that humanity is experiencing between God God and humanity, and yet Christ steps into that place. And this is the beautiful theme that you see throughout every single one of these covenants is God makes these two-sided covenants with humanity, right? Mm. That there's stipulations for humanity, there's stipulations for God. God lives up to the stipulations of the Mm. God side of the covenant and himself, he lives up to the stipulations of the man side of the covenant as well. Where man failed, Christ succeeded. This is a beautiful thing. And then we come, like, I, I think the ultimate, the ultimate fulfilling of the covenant, the ultimate version of the covenant, Hebrews chapter eight. Yeah. In this, in this passage, do you want to read for us? This is actually a quote from the book of Jeremiah, uh, where Jeremiah is talking about the new covenant here. But do you want to read for us verse 10 and 11 mm, in particular? Powerful. This is, powerful and even stuff. 12 comes with that one. Yeah, too. go for it. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. I love that. Mm. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me, as in you know, Christ, For from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. The final covenant that Jesus made, makes with his people is the covenant of sanctification Mm. and that is that you have failed completely over and over again i've seen it now like he and he mentions he reiterates he's reiterated through many covenants i will forget your sins i'll forgive you of your sins but furthermore it will be my job to work in your heart Mm. it is my job to work in your heart. He calls them, hey, participate in the covenant, and this is the decision that we make. We ask for the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts. We ask for Jesus to be in our lives. But it is my job to work in you and to change you and to grow you. I see see you can't do it. Can Mm -hmm. a leopard change his spots? No. No, Can an Ethiopian change his skin? No. I am going to change your heart. This is the Mm. promise that Jesus makes. And it's the ultimate version here of how Jesus fulfills every side of the covenant. Mm. God becoming man, he does it all. Absolutely. That's why we want to say, give Jesus a go. Let him into your heart. He gives his heart to you. He wants you to respond so much as well in Mm. every way because we have a loving, amazing God. Give Mm. your heart to Jesus You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Right now. Hey, no more questions, just answers. Danuta, give them for us. Okay, we've got here. The first one is, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you want the start of that psalm? Yeah, go for it. In Polish. Yeah. Mm. So that I just said that one. Yeah, okay. 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 So I'll stop there. Yeah. I know the whole thing. Okay, nice. But I won't keep going. You know, I'm going to doubt. I'm going to click I'm the doubt sure button. I'm going to anyone... say, were well, you just making stuff up? <laughs> Are you actually no. Polish? No, nah, trust me. Trust. Trust. Okay, I trust, trust. Like I trust you. No, you know what, Danuta, you haven't done anything to break my trust. I'll give, I'll give it to you. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Have I done lots of things to break your trust? Am I like, am I in the bad uh, books? Let me think about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, fair enough. No, I do trust you. Okay. okay, to whom was the promised land originally promised? It was to Abraham. Abraham. We were talking about earlier. So, mm. yeah, I almost gave it away earlier, but it was done in the way according to the covenant. Yeah. Okay, before Jesus was born, in what town did Mary, the mother of Jesus, live? She lived in Nazareth. Yeah, shout out Nazareth. And um, doesn't that, you've been to the Bible lands, yeah? And did I've you go to, to Nazareth? Nazareth. Yeah. Loved what was it. what was that experience like? Oh, look, they've got the old town of Nazareth there. And, and so you actually get to experience what it would have been like. Yeah. So they've actually got them dressed the way it would have been during Jesus' time. I remember one of the things that really caught my attention was a young girl that was being carried by her father on her shoulders. Mm. And I thought, sometimes we read the Bible and don't really stop to think about the the things that are not written there but that would have happened mm. like the fact that Joseph probably would have cover, carried Jesus on his shoulders at times, mm. like the fact that he would have run around and played with other children, mm. like the fact that he would have gone out in the fields and gone, look, hey mum, well, look at this, you know, yeah. all of those sort of things that we do as people. Mm. So it's just beautiful. So we actually had beautiful lentil soup there. They actually oh, made, made um, bread in the whole, you know, um, in the fireplace, fireplace yeah. and that sort of thing. So just beautiful memories. They had pomegranate trees there as well. Oh, um, they had had um, a guy that was dressed as a carpenter doing the, in the carpentry way that ah, Jesus okay. would have done and the women would have been doing the weaving, you know, with the um, the sheep's wool and on the spinning mm. wheel and stuff like that. So quite amazing. Yeah, yeah. really and incredible stuff. Considering the covenant as well. And we were just talking about how Jesus lives up to both the blessings and the curses of the covenant. He receives yes. the curses on humanity's behalf. Yes. And furthermore, he keeps all the stipulations and gives humanity the blessings. Like, you know, for Jesus, again, and we see that in his incarnation. If we talk about a person being humbled and lowly, like coming from Nazareth is definitely a way in which uh, that would be signified of that. You know, if if, oh, if yeah. David had got a picture of the Jesus era Nazareth and then being told, okay, this is where the Messiah is going to come mm. from, David as the king would have been like, yikes, bro. Like, mm-hmm. are you serious? Like, this mm. is this is where the Messiah is going to come from? Like, this, this terrible, awful place. But it just reflects, like, Jesus experienced an incredibly humble upbringing. And not humble as in, like, humble and wholesome, like, and I think there were some wholesome aspects, but humble as in difficult, peasant-like, yes. you know, poor, like, he would have gone through all of it, but he lived through those experiences to really live out the struggle of humanity. And I love the fact that he did because it means that all humanity can come to him. It's not device. just the high, you know, those who are who, who are wealthy or doing well. It's just like everyone, all mm. of us. Number four in Psalm twenty-two, the writer said he was not a man, but what tiny creature? He was a worm that was covered yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then true or false? When Moses struck the rock, was it, it? The answer is false because water did come out of the rock the second time mm. he struck it the second time when god didn't ask him to strike yeah. it and he was he was charged for that as a he sin was. and unfortunately you know i think the beauty of the story of moses again the mosaic covenant right and yep. and we see that okay he's been promised the he's been given the promised land he breaks the stipulations of the covenant yeah. and so the curse is that okay moses you won't make it like you you broke the stipulations you're receiving the curse of the covenant. You're not mm. going to see the whole, you're not going to make it into the Holy Land. But at least, like, he, so he gets to see the Holy Land. He's like, can I just lay my eyes on it? He gets oh, taken up to the hill there. Yes. He gets to see the Holy Land. But furthermore, we know, the Bible tells us, and according to um, the book of Jude, that he would die and be resurrected and be taken to heaven. 
mm. uh, which is beautiful. Not he didn't get to experience the earthly home, holy land, but the heavenly holy land. So beautiful stuff there. You're listening to the breakfast show with Danuta and Lawson, and we've come to the time of the end of our show very quickly. And just before we give our free giveaway, we want to say, hey, tomorrow is February 29. If you were born on a leap year, or you know of somebody that was born on a leap year. Text us in and tomorrow, I think, you know, Lawson will be following that through as well. Text us in. Let us know what you do on the actual leap year that you have it. Cause I know I've got a friend. I've got a friend who has her birthday on a leap year. And I remember when she was turned 16, she said, well, I'm actually four, but I'm not really four. <laughs> uh, when you, you told me that story um, off air and I was like, when she turned 60, is this yeah, lady yeah, no, okay no, now that no, she was 16? 16. Yeah. But what we were saying off air too, has anyone actually been married on the leap year on February 29th? Yeah. Text us in and let us know. Or do you know of anyone? Yeah, just let us know what do you do on the, on the actual leap years? What do you do in between? Like mm. some people choose February 28th. Some people choose March 1. So, yeah, really interesting. You can make your choice of which birthday. Or you can have it on both those yeah. days and then have the real one on February 29th. Or like, you why not? can hold on to the fact that hey we were married on the 29th of february and listen like i'm not going to compromise so we're only having our anniversary every four years yeah you, i mean you could stand in that you at least we can remember it every four years yeah, yeah, yeah. um hey <laughs> look i got a book to sign off here end time living essential truths for troubled times by mark finley powerful book powerful evangelist as well sharing god's word and getting into what the bible says about the end of time and how it is that we can prepare and respond to the call that jesus is making to us zero four nine one zero six four six six nine be the first person to text through book at that number and hey remember to talk faith to live faith or to act faith and you'll grow strong in jesus christ Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.